Hi there, my name is Genevieve A, and thank you so much for joining our podcast. This is the Workplace Diaries. Let's go! to our very first webinar for this year. It's a good afternoon here in Ghana, Accra. So we are coming to you live from the Jobberman office inside Jolu. And today we're talking about, or we are discussing a very interesting topic. And I would have three other speakers who will be joining me to explain or understand how to even, um, or ways to retain star employees, and then how to also attract potential ones. So if you have those star employees in your organization, how do you even identify them? And how do you even know that this is what this person is looking for? And if I give it to them, they will not leave my organization. So today is going to be very interactive. So I have with me here Samuel Atuinkum. He's a sales coach. And then I have Josephine Hatton Mills, who is a certified etiquette trainer and also the consulting lead for Fitness Manis. And I have with me my one and only Frida Nana Embel. Frida is the head of human resource here at Jobberman Ghana. So before we go on, I would like to again welcome you, those who have joined us on LinkedIn. Currently, we have over 100 people joining us on LinkedIn. Thank you so much for tuning in. And if you have any questions, any comments, any suggestions about this topic, just send it to us or send it to us on 054 through WhatsApp on 054-290-4650 on WhatsApp. And then if you are live on LinkedIn or on YouTube, you can just drop them in the comment section. You're welcome to our webinar today. Thank you so much. I'll be back with more. Okay, so you're welcome back. Now we're starting our webinar for today. Let me invite my speakers and we can just begin. Welcome, Josephine. Hello. Okay, so I think you are live. So, Mr. Inkum, you're welcome. Samuel Atuinkum, you're welcome. Yes, definitely happy to be here. It's a pleasure, Genevieve. Thank you for having me. Okay, and then welcome to my HR. Hi, HR. <laughs> Good afternoon. Okay, so now we, let's zoom into business. The main question is, how do we retain top talent or in our organization and then how do we also attract potential ones into our organization i would start with mr samola to income can you please explain to us who a star employee is well thank you very much and um, good afternoon to all um everybody who is viewing us um, both from ghana and the world uh, at large we're happy and so delighted that you could join us. Um, let me say that, um, and I'll speak from the context um, of what I do as a, as a salesperson or as a sales professional. Um, a star performer for me can mean many things. Um, okay. Definitely the person who is achieving their targets or all the performance objectives that is definitely um, expected to be achieved, but also a star performer will be the one who is consistently uh, meeting these objectives or these um, uh, goals that have been set before them. So it's one thing having 
uh, a good performance in one month and the other in another month. But consistency is very key in this place. For me, a star performer must also come across as a role model, somebody that uh, you definitely can have other team members look up to and you know grow to become someone who understands their crafts and is able to even influence others. So you must have the ability to either teach or set the right example for others to follow. A star performer for me would also mean the person with the right attitude that is desired for the company. You know, every company has their values and um, what they represent. So for me, you would have to check that box as well as a fit for purpose in terms of the organizational contest. Um, a star performer would be, for me, the one that is also bringing value to their clientele. Of course, you're definitely selling and bringing in all the revenue. But a star for, performer for me would be the one who understands the customer uh, need or see things from customer perspective and is able to connect the customer relationship and the customer journey you know, to the business contest. So I would think uh, if you check these boxes for me, I could say definitely you are a star performer. All right. Thank you very much, Sam. All right. So we have Frida back. Frida, can you hear us now? Yes, Geneva, I can hear you. Okay, so I was actually hear me? Yes, please, I can hear you. I, I, I moved I moved to some because I couldn't hear from you, but I still want to hear from my HR. I was I was hearing you very well. Okay, but well, I couldn't hear you. Okay, so from the point of oh, a human yeah. resource person, who is that star performer or a, a star employee? Okay. So um, good afternoon again to everybody. I mean, all over the world, those who have joined us. Um, when you when you talk about star performer, I think Sami has mentioned a few things, and then we also look at, I mean, the perspective, the company. Okay, we have companies that their values when they talk about star performer, they are only looking at those who are making the sales, who are bringing the money and everything. But Sami talked about something that is very important. A star performer is somebody who is very consistent. The person who has to be very consistent in all aspects from A to Z in the company. We have organizational culture. It's not you just bringing about the money in the organization. But however, you also have to leave those culture. You need to leave those values. So when you're talking about a star performer, we are looking at a performer who starts from A and ends with Z, right? So who is able to go through all the meal in the company. And then a star performer is somebody who is able to train somebody and bring somebody along. Not, I mean, somebody who wants to be the winner every day. If you do that, then tomorrow, if you are not there, it means that nobody can even be a star performer after you leave, right? So we are looking at somebody who is able to train, who is able to bring people along, who is a, a team player, who is a lead. So it, it has so many perspectives. But I mean, technically, when you look at this, about three ways that we we'll look at consistency, somebody who is able to fit into the organizational culture, somebody who is able to bring people along with him or her to be able to achieve the purpose. Because all of us are achievers, but I'm sure together we are able to win champions, right? Yeah, so that's what I would say about that. Okay, so Justin, I want to hear from you. 
you still want to hear from me after these two exactly months. exactly you checked the question on all <laughs> <of them. laughs> you know i mean i i let me not sound like a, i'm repeating what they are saying okay but, but really and truly i think both of them have covered it extensively and mm -hmm. i there are three takeouts here just like your hr said fit for purpose so fit for purpose for the job role and for mm -hmm. the culture of the organization and okay. for the clients of the organization so that okay. was very key and then the consistency you don't want somebody who is bright today and tomorrow they are dull so the consistency is very important and then succession planning working with the team to ensure that we succeed together and so when you are not there you've been able to groom other people around you there are some people who want to shine alone and that doesn't augur well for any kind of relationship not just business if you want to shine alone you really are not a star if you consider that the biggest star in the world which is the sun gives light to the moon and to other smaller stars then you realize that you want to be a star performer then you should be able to shine through others as well okay <laughs> so since you have identified who the star performer is what are the key strategies the main topic now so how do you even say okay this is one person i don't want to more head to leave my organization how do you retain them? How do you keep them not to leave or for your competitors to even come and poach them? How do you do that? You okay. can start. Um, you know, a lot of the times people think that it's all about the money. Mm -hmm. But um, you can pay somebody a huge amount, a huge package, but they can be poached based on so many other reasons. First of all, am I fit for the job role you've given me? There are people sitting in job roles and they are not happy. That is not exactly what they want to do. What is the career direction of that individual? Maybe for one, two years, they may fit that job role perfectly well, but has a discussion been held with them to find out what their ultimate career goal is? If that job role does not fit within their career role, they will have job dissatisfaction. You can pay them whatever, but they'll still be looking out there for that job satisfaction. Okay. Have they had the opportunity to try out other roles in the organization? It allows people to actually, sometimes somebody may say, oh, I want to be in that job role. They are looking at it from, from the outsider's perspective. But mm. when you give them the opportunity to spend even a week in that role, you realize that they, are, they, they start rethinking that role, you know, so that job rotation, that opportunity to try out other things, it makes people appreciate their current job role one, and then it gives them a better perspective of um, roles they may have their eye on as to whether they actually fit into that role or not. So if you are constantly reviewing as an HR person or as their direct line, um, um, line manager, it gives them the opportunity to, to know whether that is exactly what they want to do. Of course, we always know about our reward systems. You know, if people feel they are rewarded for whatever they do, sometimes the reward is just their name on a poster. It's not necessarily money, 
but the acknowledgement that what I am doing has been seen and is appreciated. A very simple thank you. It doesn't have to be an award program, but we are human beings. A simple thank you, it, it brings some satisfaction. They feel like I'm being recognized for what I'm doing. But a lot of the times we hammer more on when people make mistakes and forget to, to highlight when they are doing very well. I think that is one way to keep um, uh, a, a star performance, a, a star performer. I had a few notes here. Um, okay, so, all right. You go ahead. Yeah. yeah, so I wanted Mr. Income to also touch on it. So, yes. What other key strategies do you think employers can adopt to retain star employer, employees in the organization? Well, um, first and foremost, Let's, I would want to start from the beginning. I mean, star performers are not, uh, don't fall from the sky. I believe they are made. You want your team, anybody can be a star performer. So what you need to do as a manager is to create that sort of environment that enables them. So I would categorize um, the whole thing into four, okay? I would look at first the enablement. Right from the start, how an employee is onboarded, even in the organization, plays a key role. So a solid onboarding training, other than what we have come to uh, popularly uh, call just orientation, you know, and orientation is just some ceremony that, you know, takes place at the start. But giving a holistic, um, an end-to-end picture and context in terms of an understanding of the business values, the overall direction of the business, and even sometimes helping to provide some of the soft skills that are really needed for the person you know, to function. I'll give you, for example, as a sales manager, I've always had the policy of giving things like um, finance for salespeople as you know, part of the onboarding training they have. Because they need to understand how we make business, how we make money as an organization. How we make money is so important, and you know we teach them everything about invoicing, everything about uh, you know um, even receipts and all that. It is at the onboarding stage. So having a curricula that enables you know new employees to. Be ready to hit the ground running is very crucial. Once you are done with onboarding, the other thing is, you know, in most terms, every department has customer service, right? But I have so moved from customer service to customer success. And the same mindset is what I have in the organization. How can I help you to succeed? So rather than to wait for the end of three months or say six months to have a probation, I would rather have the same provisional review month on month, you know, just to identify where the performance issues are in terms of support required, and then also achievements that can be celebrated as a form of encouragement and all of this. This is very key. Most managers will live it, you know, and the employees struggle to find their feet. By the end of three months, if the employee doesn't feel like he's succeeding, 
no matter how good it is. And you've gone through a very elaborate recruitment process. So you are sure that this is the best employee that you were bringing on board. You know, so with that mindset, every employee is a top performer and we have to have that vibe going, which is the second thing for me. The vibe that you create, do they feel like they have opportunity to make inputs as their voices? Do you give them space? Do they feel respected? Often, I tell people that, look, um, employees don't just leave the company. They leave their bosses too. I know a lot of employees who have moved on simply because they couldn't just cope with it again with either their boss or you know the surrounding. Of course, there is the um, unique personal circumstances that may also be a factor. But often you find out that people live just because they can't take it any longer with their bosses. So the vibe you create, the culture in the workplace, you know, do they feel like this is an opportunity to excel? Yes, we're all looking for excellence, but do they have opportunity to grow, to develop themselves, you know? And there comes the issue of doing monotonous job. Yes, we, you are here to do what you are being paid for. However, nobody wants to be boxed in doing the same thing for five years. So is there opportunity to add more responsibilities? Is there opportunity to broaden the scope so that I feel like Maybe I've even up upgraded my school myself by attending some school, okay, or taking some courses. And you aren't necessarily um, assigning me to a new role based on the developments that I've done. But in terms of responsibilities, I can still showcase and still contribute what I've got. You know, so these are just a few for the initial stages. We are, there are three of us, so I don't want to, you know, take the whole time. I would allow. Okay, so let's Frida take the last portion of it. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, when anytime anybody talks about or when you ask any staff, what can I do to retain you? Then it was only about the money. It was only about the compensation <laughs> aspect. But we've, we've walked from that end. We've come from that point, And then we are in a different era. Now, when you talk about somebody leaving, the person's like, oh, this person is good. But where are you going? And the person is like, my boss don't respect me. I'm not being recognized for what I'm doing. There's no system of growth in the company. I'm stuck, right? So employees are also looking out environments. I mean, a company that is very stable. Because you're in a company where tomorrow you're here, I think we are about to be closed down. I think our finances are not going well. I think the CEO is leaving, right? So then employees these days are not just looking at the money. They are looking at ways that they know that my job is secured. My job is safe. These are some of the things that you can, I mean, this is one of them, that you can keep a star worker. However, they are also looking at respect and being able to be recognized. This person is good. We have like an end of year party or end of year awards. Sometimes a little things, giving a staff like a TV, a coupon to go to shop right with family or to melt to any shopping mall around you, just for you to go with the family. These are the bits and pieces that these employees are looking for. Employees are looking for safety for their families. So we are talking about health here. Right, employees come to work and somebody has an emergency and you go to some companies and I'm sorry, you were, oh, call their family. They will come and pick them up. Hello, this person is working for you. 
this person is in your company. So anything that happens to this person at that point, and you see when employees have these benefits, withheld benefits, uh, workman compensation for them and their families, it keeps their mind stable. So you are able to have very good productive people in your company, but they know that I don't need to come to work. And when I think about how my daughter or how my child will be able to go to the hospital at emergency, right? So, and we are looking at work balance. I think Sam mentioned something like that. We are looking at work balance. Employees are looking at ways that their work is so balanced. They can be able to work. They can be able to also have a bit of fun. They can be able to have that cordial relationship with their bosses. You, you see people come in and then their bosses are coming. They are typing. They are not typing anything. Most of the time it's just, I'm sorry for my words, but nothing. Organizing anything for zero. Right, because mm -hmm. they are both who is so strict, who is not able to laugh, who is not able to say hello to them. Their boss is just thinking about how the money will come in. And I'm saying employees are leaving because of some of these things. You see, oh, this company they don't care about the employee, all they care about is their money. I'm not sure I'll be able to work in this environment. Then part the next day, the person is gone. So you'll be paying the person a whole lot of money, giving the person the big salary and the car and all that. I'm telling you, that is not keeping the staff anymore. No. I've engaged few employees that um, at my membership, you ask them, so what will make you stay? Oh, any company, even if they are not paying me big and they are expecting me, the benefits is good. I think that I want to be there because they are looking at tomorrow. They are looking at a system where they'll be able to grow, right? So you're in a company for two, three years, and there's nothing called training. Training in, as, in any aspect, you see? So I when I say training, I'm looking at an employee. A security man should be able to know what the company does. A security man should be able to know at least one to Z, the fundamentals of the one to Z of the company. So we are. I am, there are so many through the things. There are a lot of strategies that you can use to keep an employee, but some technical ones are training. So I would want to today. I would want to talk about training because if I'm in a company, I've been doing the same thing. Now we've moved from Corona. Now we're on the digital world, and then I, it will surprise you. You go to a lot of companies. And he asked them to come on Zoom meeting, and they'll be like, What is that? <laughs> I think we've gotten to a state. Yes, I'm serious. They ask, yes. How do I join? How do I? You say, you, you see, not only employees, even the world, you send people um, an invite. Oh, hello, can we hear you? Hello? We can't hear HR. Oh, hello. Okay. It looks like we've lost HR. Okay, since her internet is messing up, I'd like to read some comments we have here from LinkedIn. Okay, so we have Mami Abba'afo also joining us. Okay, so Mami, you didn't tell us where you are joining us from, so thank you for joining. We have Hossein Atabuteli, and we have Nana Berima saying, good conversation. Sikapa Kofi Ejaces, uh, okay, great discussion. 
and then okay i have this one coming from samson odum samson says okay all right samson i'll get back to you and that yes you're looking for employment we'll help you there okay and isaac also says i really appreciate that that a simple thank you is all what employees need to make them to be on top of the game thank you for that message isaac and okay, so another one coming, Butelli, yeah. So why do some companies, okay, why is it that companies do not regard their contract employees who absolutely work as feminine employees? An interesting question here. He says that some companies do not regard their contract employees. Hmm. And most often they are the ones doing the work rather than the permanent employees. Why is this so? So this is a very common uh, thing. Um, I don't know where the phenomenon actually developed from. The concept of um, creating a feeling or an atmosphere of a contract employee and um, you know permanent employees. Look, there are hygiene factors that are very important for productivity or performance. And one of them is definitely not to create that kind of uh, distinction between employees, especially when they are performing same tasks. It doesn't matter. Um, for example, most of our financial um, institutions in Ghana, I'm referring to the banks, would have contract staff and you know full-time employees essentially doing the same thing, job description same, output same, and all that. Yet, uh, when it comes to reward, they make it so glaring that full-timers are entitled to this, and um you know contract entitled to this but what really surprises me is that once remuneration once compensation is always supposed to be deemed as private and confidential so if we keep on announcing this and putting it in domain of course it is demotivating you know and sometimes um i've seen factories where <laughs> contract people have even where they go for lunch you see, a common thing like lunch, but it is during lunchtime that great conversations even go on, you see, where people bond, where people socialize. So building such walls does not necessarily, you know, augur well in the long run for the organization. And I advocate that we tear down uh, the Great Berlin Wall, so to speak. <laughs> you know. Thank you. Let me comment on, on the contract staff. Okay. You know, it's um, from my etiquette background, the yeah. basis of etiquette is how we make people feel. Yeah. And we are trying to bring that shift, that etiquette is not just about fork and knife, hmm. but it's about people understanding that when you make somebody feel good, they give off a better version of themselves. And it's very interesting that most of our frontline workers whatever industry it is, are contract staff. Yes, the agreements with which you have with, an, with a, a member of staff should not affect how you make them feel. So if you are not offering them health care, of course, most of the time, going as, as employers, we offer contracts. It's, it's more a financial thing. It's cheaper to do because they are probably not on your health service. They are not on your SNIT and all of those things. Um, but then if you are not giving them training, you're expecting them to be the front of your business, to be the voice of your customer care, your customer experience. 
how do they feel first of all how have you made them feel you cannot give what you don't have so if they do not feel a part of the business yeah. the whole thing is somebody has to have that sense of belonging if I don't belong to a group, I cannot speak for the group. It's the same thing. So if you go to the social, um, in the hotels now, we've tried to do some trainings. And it was, I found that most of the hotels now are waiters and so are all contract staff. Now, how do you expect them to give you top-notch service? If I go there and I don't get top-notch service, I will not say, oh, that's contract staff in the banking hall. Yeah. I won't say that contract staff here. I'll say so-so and so bank didn't treat me well. I'll say I didn't get the best service at this place. And so it is a very sad situation. And like Samuel said, I really don't know whose brilliant idea it is to, to, to bring such separation and distinction because it doesn't help anybody. It doesn't help okay. Thank you very much, Josephine. So I have another one. I think we have a lot of questions coming in. <laughs> I promised 45 minutes, but I think maybe we'll have to add extra 15 minutes to it for our audience. So which means you're going to close at 2 p.m. So I have this one coming from Isaac. Isaac says, employees are now looking for growth and stability, as you said. Also, employers should to look at overtime payment. <laughs> So, um, Constance Volano says appreciation, recognition, training. Okay, so Constance is also rooting for trainings. And okay, Hans also Akropa, thank you for joining us. Okay, you're joining us all the way from Accra Technical University. Thank you. Osborne says, I really appreciate you and need, okay, you need, oh, you need a job. Osborne, we can help you do that. So I'm looking, okay, you're also looking for a job. Hello, everyone. Okay, I just joined. Thank you, Juliet, for joining. Um, okay, Isaac, I just read your comments. So, um, okay, so I have this one also coming from Frederick Akufu. Frederick says, please, how do you also retain employees who are driven by external motivation? And he mentioned salaries. Do you have to increase their salaries anytime they ask? I'll take that, I'll take that question. Um, right. When it comes to pay, for employers, definitely, um, it is recommended that you constantly do salary surveys, um, benefits survey to know the markets, you know, rates. It is good to know the minimum uh, on the market, to know the average on the market, and to know the maximum on the market. This is in relation to the job category. For each of the job category, you need to know this. It is not a function of paying, giving everybody more, but if the strategy is definitely that of a retention for star performance, then we are talking about ring fencing. So ring fencing means that, and it makes sense to pay star performers because they are getting the results, they check all the boxes for you, a little bit above the market rates so that they are not susceptible to poaching you know, a popular term, you know, in the industry today, you know. But the reason I don't necessarily go for more money, more money all the time is because, yes, I know definitely uh, if I make it to the United States, there I will get more money. But I choose to stay in Ghana because beyond the money bit, there are other factors I'm considering. 
So in the organizational setup, this is the question. What are the other factors beyond the pay? I have seen a lot of employees who have had private conversations with me to say, uh, boss, you know, I got an offer from this company. They are paying me two times, three times, but I turned down the offer because I am committed to this project we are doing. I believe so much in this. I have even this customer that is so important. I don't think they're going to move with me if I go to that place. But because of what we do together, I think I'm, I, I want to stay around for a while, you know. And some will tell you I want to see them through their project, you know, for like um, two years or something. Look, I'll give you a, an example. There was this guy in a firm that was working with one of our road contractors. I mean, some of these interchanges that were being built. And was working with the contractor and was the one responsible for, uh, you know, working on the machines and everything for this project. The guy told me, this is Ghana. This is my country. I'm happy to be part of this construction project in our nation. And I'm happy to work with this contractor to give them everything that they need to finish the project on time. So even though I've had an offer here, I am not moving. So at any point in time, we are going to be intrinsic and extrinsic motivational factors. The, we cannot dwell so much only on the extrinsic factors. We need to look at the intrinsic factors. And one of them is definitely how we show the overall developmental plan of the person. So I'll end with, uh, with this response to this. Yes, training. But sometimes even when it comes to training, we all, the, the meaning of training is elusive to all of us. Training is something specific relating to what you do, your function, the job. So it can be a training regarding an application or a tool or something. But development has got to do with a person's own aspiration and desires as to where they want to be in line with their career path they have chosen or career ladder, as we popularly call it. So it is important that both employer and employees align on these developmental aspirations so that you can work together. In this way, I as an employee feel that I have a future here or I'm, I'm growing somewhere. So this for me is very crucial and we tend to miss this basic point. Yes, 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 yes. yes. Thank you very much, Sam. Thank you so much. So talking about trainings, Recently, um, Jobberman, we had a poll on LinkedIn, and then we are asking our audience, what will make you stay with your current employer? So the option was a higher salary, um, a good boss, development and training. And then I think the fourth one was, uh, I think there was a fourth one, but a higher percentage of them, we had over 2,000 people responding to that poll, and a higher percentage of them were saying that they are looking for trainings. So which means that people want to get skills to move on in their career or to grow themselves. So then let's come to training and development. What will make an employer say, okay, I think this person, I don't want him or her to leave. And this is the skill that I want him or her to build, to carry on with the next task ahead. And how do you even identify the necessary skills needed for that employer, employee rather? So HR, I'll let you take that. Um, thank you. Um, before any employee or employer, I mean, any employer will think about doing training, I would say that they shouldn't just think about the employee, right? Because the training is not just one way. Mm -hmm. After the training, the employee 
that person is bringing the knowledge back to the company to impact it, to be able to, I mean, grow the company. So the, com the person isn't taking it home. After the training, you're not sucking the person. So mm -hmm. it's, it's a win-win affair. You are okay. training the person. And then also you are looking at your company growing. Because if I'm doing customer service, for example, and I've been trained on new ways of making customer happy, when I come back, obviously your customers, the customers for the company are going to experience the impacts of the training I have had. So when we are looking at training, we have to, look to talk about it in two ways. The employee is benefiting because of skill. The employer is also going to benefit more because mm -hmm. that training is really going to benefit the employer. So mm -hmm. employers shouldn't just look at spending because when you talk about training, employees are, employers are talking about, oh, we just finished our budgets. We don't have training mm -hmm. budgets and all that. Look, the training is for the company, but okay. it's also a benefit to the staff as well. But more times, I think some spoke about career path. Oftentimes, employers will go and hear something in town and they come, oh, we went for this leadership summit. I think I want to organize this training for my staff. The question I ask the person is, where is your training, your need assessment? Exactly. That was going to be before, my very next question. How before do you identify you do training? training for any individual in your company, there is a need for you to do a need assessment. And what this need assessment will be that where is the person? Where do you want the person to be? What does the person have? At yes, I'm back. So the point is that where is the person? Where do you want the person to be? And so that is where you get the gap. You always have to have a need assessment to be able to identify the training gap. That is in line with the career path. Because sometimes you have people having a, their own career path. But when it comes to, sorry, I think so sometimes you hear somebody say, oh, I want to be an HR someday. And the person is like, oh, but so why are you doing sales now? Oh, I, there was no job. So I, I just felt I wanted to take that this job, you understand? So there is a need for us to be sure of what the employee is doing currently, where we want the employees to get to, in line of what the person is actually doing in the office, right? So I will talk about need assessment. It is very important. After the training, there is a need for us to do evaluation for the training mm -hmm. to be able to see whether that person is actually using that knowledge that has been acquired during that training process. So that's what I want to talk about. I don't know whether Sam also has some to add or anything i'd like to speak about the training okay let me speak about the training um I, yes um when sam was speaking i started clapping because he talked about um training versus personal development a, i mean globally right nice. now you can have there's, there's no emphasis on personal development because i'll be with you soon okay all right I think there's, a, there's more there's more um, emphasis on, on the soft skills now because it affects the way people behave. Okay. Now, you can be technically efficient, but if your soft skills are wrong, it's a big problem. You're talking about attitude. You're talking about um, 
positive mindness, positivity. You are talking about the, the knack for efficiency. You are talking about personal branding. You are talking about emotional intelligence, how people react to things when they are in trouble or when they are in a good mood or bad mood. And globally, we are moving towards developing ourselves and developing those soft skills. Now, if you're training your staff or employees and you forget to bring those things in, there's a bit of a lack because it goes back to how the person feels. Like Sam said, we are only training based on job requisite today, but we are not training um, to find out how does it even tie in with a person's career plan. So when Frida also mentioned that you're doing a needs assessment. The needs assessment will not only be based on what the company is looking for in that job role, but the needs assessment should involve that individual's personal career path. Do the two yes. align? If they don't align, what is the plan to align them or to fix that individual into the correct um, um, you know, space? And so self-development is, is becoming is so crucial these days. There's one more thing I'd like to talk about. When people also understand the value they bring to revenue, a lot of the times the security man does not understand his role in contributing to the revenue. He sees his job as in that small corner. The receptionist does not see how she adds value or contributes to the revenue of the company. She sees herself in that small corner. It's about time we include people and let them see that, look, you bring value to the table. You are part of revenue generation and explain mm -hmm. to them how. So if there's no security and it's so lax here and something happens, the company loses money, we all suffer. But we value you because your security makes this place safe. And when the property here is safe, we don't spend more. If we don't spend more, it means expenses are cut down. We make more profit. We make more profit. We can increase your salary. We can give you bonus. That chain has to be explained for every individual. And that is where when people just come back, oh, I want a salary increase. I want a salary increase. Become more guided because now they understand finance for non-finance people, you know. So that's I just wanted to chip that in as well. Yeah, Thank you very and, much, Justin. Genevieve, just some Thank few you. points. Um, so on how to retain your staff performance. Look, after COVID, we have all gotten used to even working from home, okay, and the yes. flexibility with which we can still deliver. Um, on our objectives. A key thing that we all as managers, as employers, especially SMEs, um, need to consider is flexibility, providing flexibility for the employees. You see, oftentimes um, we measure people, we judge people, uh, we are so rigid on following processes rather than celebrating achievements you know, and the deliverables. These things stifle people who want to give their all. I'm not saying employ unorthodox, unethical means to work. I mean, I have a philosophy. I rather would attract, retain, and promote based on attitude 
other than anything else. So you can be uh, the highest revenue contributor, but your attitude is very important. But micromanagement doesn't pay off. People want to feel that, they, yes, you've given them the objective, but they have the leeway to research, to find out how best this can be done. And when they go wrong, they know they've gone wrong, and they will be able to improvise, they will be able to innovate, to deliver for you, and you see improvement in your atmosphere. So that is very, very, very key as far as retention is concerned. Don't micro micromanage best employees. Nobody likes that, you know. And then also, um, definitely we are spoken about the appreciation and the respect. But, you know, things like employee of the month should not be that raw, you see, and not so difficult to achieve. You know, these days you don't even have to hear of a happy hour or like employee is on lead, but you're also aware that they are going through some family challenges. The manager even reaching out, you know, boss, I need leave, you know, to get a school for my child. Two days, two days I need to um, take care of a sick baby and it's a problem. All these things doesn't help. So we should be able to balance, you know, um, the workplace demand with the employee, and this should be specific, it should drill down. Often there is this whole big mantra about a work, a uh, 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 life, you know, balance, whatever it is. But in the end, it doesn't trickle down to the context of the various individuals. So we need to be mindful about how we treat each employee as a unique entity and marry their interests, their passion, their worries, their anxieties, into the business, you know, concept, uh, uh, and get the best out of everybody, really. Okay, thank you very much, Sam. Okay, so we have a lot of questions and a lot of comments over here. So I have this one coming from Isaac Otto. Isaac says, um, okay, let me let me just summarize his comments. There's a lot. So he's trying to say that he he needed to do training and then he asked i think he proposed to him his employer but it looked like um the, the okay so to be please okay and then okay so they didn't give him the option to do the training so it becomes a bit difficult for him to work so then we are asking the big the big question how often should employers give their employees trainings this, sorry please go on I, I don't think there's any hard and fast rule and say that every quarter, every week, every month annually. Remember, a needs assessment has been yeah. done. Yeah. And once the needs assessment has been done, that is the basis for which you draw out a training plan, or let me use a, a better word, a, a development plan. Okay. Okay, because the development plan encompasses technical yes. and soft. Once you've done the needs assessment, there's a development plan. Now, I'd like to say that employees must also not leave self-development to their employer. Before you become a star employer, it means that you are also self-driven. You are not only, only waiting for your employer to yeah, fix you in, in a one training program or the other. These days, there's no excuse for ignorance. The internet is there. There's a wealth of knowledge. There are free courses. There's Udemy. There's, there are so many inexpensive programs 
you there's can Jobberman business training. There's Jobberman business training. Yeah. You know, there's no excuse not to develop yourself. You can even find a mentor. A lot of people think that when you find a mentor, it means it's somebody you have to see physically and be going to meet them. A lot of big people don't have time. There are many mentors that I have. They don't even know that I'm their mentee. You follow people. You read about people. Read their life history. You are inspired by their journey. We are following all sorts of things on social media that are not helping us. On Instagram, Facebook, websites, there's a plethora of so many people you can learn from. So that should become part of your development plan. So I, I don't think that we can sit here and, and fix it, you know, cast it in stone and say that it should be quarter. It should be as often as possible. But the onus lies on the employee as well. Let's not burden only the employer here. Self-development it's between you have to do it both ways employer and employee yeah to, thank to you add, very much okay so you have something to say you can yes. ask uh i would also entreat employers to constantly do a job review at, uh, or a job profile you mm -hmm. know um one way to definitely strengthen and to add to the skill sets of an employee is by adding definitely adding more responsibilities and constantly encouraging them to develop skills that will help them perform or achieve excellence at them so you need to when you do job um, analysis job review constantly you you are constantly updating even the requirement to perform in that particular role and by so doing giving a chance the other thing i want to add is that guys out there to the many of us who are busily doing masters and schooling and wanting to get every degree out of the way, it has become a usual thing now. And once you finish, you enter a job with an HND or a first degree, and immediately you yourself, you are thinking of having a master's. And when you finish the master's, you want to be given a role that you know correspond with your, yeah. your, your new degree. We have to understand before you take a job, look at the job description well and look at the position that is required for you to be in that role. It's almost all the time. And employers also sometimes drop the ball. And the candidate has shown that he has other qualifications. But at the interview, we don't make it clear to the candidates that it's not wrong for you to have five masters in addition to the first degree which we are looking for. However, this job is suitable for a first degree holder and two years experience. So if you went for eight years, but this is what is required for this role. So that, you know, there's some kind of um, expectation. Oh, yeah. You know, so that's the point I would, I would just add. Okay, thank you so much. So, um, Jocelyn, you mentioned something about employees should also take charge of their, of their self-development and then training needs. So I have this one coming from Nilante. He says, please, I'm enjoying the discussion. And I, want, I, I once went to my boss and I proposed that I have skill in my field of work. So I gave my specification of upskilling, but he objected to it, to that particular training. But I felt I needed it as a person. So I went ahead and then I trained in, in that particular field. And later on, I got an offer which needed that specific skill and I left my company. <laughs> 
<laughs> That's so interesting. So it tells you how training and development it's so key to you as an individual. You don't have to depend on the employer or your employer alone for developmental or training opportunities. So then I think we'd have to bring our discussion to an end. Unfortunately, um, Frida had to leave because she had a bit of internet issues, but we, we are so glad that she joined us. And Sam Atso Income, thank you so much. Sam is a sales coach and when if you, if you are looking for somebody to take your team through tra um, sales training, he's the best person to go to. And then Sam, Sam, thank you so much for joining the session. Thank you so much. And back to you, Josephine Hutton Mills. Josephine, thank you so much. So Josephine is the consultant. So Josephine Hutton Mills is the consulting lead at Finna's Business and Etiquette Consulting. Yes. So Justin, thank you so much for also joining us and your input as well. And we, we have a lot of messages coming in from our audience on LinkedIn. And we couldn't, we couldn't read all of them, but I know a higher number of them were answered. So thank you so much. But before you go, I'd like to talk to you about the Jobberman Business Training. We have a business training. So you know us as a recruitment and HR firm. Yeah, what we do is we connect employers to uh, job seekers who are qualified for specific job functions. So then we ask ourselves, after we helping you get the qualified or the top talent into your organization, how do you even keep them from competitors poaching them? So Mr. Ikum used the word poaching. Now we want to help you develop your team, train them with the requested skills. So then we have developed what we call the Jobberman Business Training. So Sam Atto Income is a trainer here with the Jobberman Business Training. And then Josephine Hutton Mills is also a trainer here. So if you're an employer looking for us to train your team, just reach out to us. You can visit our website, www.jobberman.com.gh slash skillup. And then you can get all that you need about the Jobberman business training. You can also reach out to us on 0, 0542904650. That's our customer service helpline. We are always available to help you on that. So thank you so much, my guest. It's been an honor having you for this webinar. So until another time, we say have a nice day. And thank you also for joining us. Bye-bye. Bye. My name has been Genevieve Amponsa. Yes, I work with Jobberman Ghana. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to the podcast Workplace Diaries with Genevieve A.